You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your Wake Forest preview show here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard, we've got all things Wake Forest getting you ready for game day tomorrow or Saturday, whenever you're listening to this. Again, we put these out a little bit earlier so you can get all things Wake Forest a little ahead of time here as we get ready for a Syracuse team, 1-5 right now, and they're going up against a solid Wake Forest team. 3-2, and two, coming off a ranked win against Virginia Tech, and kind of how we always structure these on, on these preview podcasts. We're going to get into what Wake Forest is, how Syracuse can win, and then, of course, at the end, we wrap things up with our prop shop picks. And guess what, Tim? We do yeah. have a new leader in the clubhouse after last week. Not Big to week for toot you. my own horn here. But anyway, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. If you are new to the show, subscribe and leave us a, a rating and a comment, too. You can also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the Wake Forest game with us on the Twitter machine as well. All right, so we start with Wake Forest. And this is a team that got out to a rough start. 0-2, you lose to Clemson, obviously, no shame there. In fact, I think they have the closest margin (laughs) of loss to Clemson, 24 points on national television. Remember, that was that opening week, that ABC game. So they lost that opener to Clemson, and then they lose by a narrow margin, a 45-42 loss to NC State. But now, all of a sudden, they've found their mojo a little bit. Dave Clawson seems like he's got these boys ready, and right now, they're a 3-2 football team that's running the ball really, really well. Yeah, that's the key. They're, they're running it really well. And it's a tough matchup for Syracuse when you consider that because how has Wake won three straight games? Well, they've ran the ball really well and they've gotten to the quarterback on the other side because they've got some really talented edge rushers. And one Boogie. in particular, yeah, Boogie, who is, and I know Dino has talked about him all week. He literally. What do you call him? Godzilla? Yeah, something Godzilla's like that. The, the yeah. Dino nickname for him? Yeah. Right. But Carlos Basham, I mean, that kid is incredible five sacks this year we'll get into some defensive stuff for wake forest in a little bit but i want to focus on the running game here because when i look at wake forest this is a team that reminds me a lot of liberty they're going to take the ball out of the quarterback's hands a lot here they don't want sam hartman to make some of these mistakes there's a reason he's got zero interceptions this year and it's because you look at the last three games they've run the ball 68 percent of the time that's the seventh most of the power five teams that have played at least three games so when I'm looking at Wake Forest, if they're going to ground and pound all day, and they've got some talented backs, Kenneth yeah. Walker the third, Christian Beale-Smith, both of which are top 10 ACC rushers, this kind of feels like the Liberty game to me, in a sense, except with some maybe more talented players. Yeah, I hope it's not the Liberty game again, for, for everyone's sake. I hope we don't have to relive that. But I hear you. I mean, it is a similar type of philosophy to what they're doing on offense. Hartman's stats this year, you mentioned zero interceptions. He's only got three touchdowns in five right. games. I mean, he hardly does anything. 200 yards per game yeah. for Sam Hartman. This very season. much. They're not letting him throw the ball. Very much an overused term and one that sometimes doesn't apply when people say it. But game manager is kind of what Hartman is for this team. They love to run the football, and that's what they're going to do, considering how this team matches up against Syracuse, and Syracuse has been vulnerable there. Christian Beal Smith last week was incredible, and He's actually the guy that's gotten less of the work so far. It's that two-headed attack you mentioned, him and Walker. Beal Smith, 129 yards on 13 carries against that ranked Virginia Tech team. And this three-game winning streak, 
I think it was Charlotte they beat. They beat one lousy team. Campbell. But, it was oh, Campbell. Campbell. Yes. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. getting my, my UNC or North Carolina schools mixed up there. But <laughs> well, They're the Camels, right? The Campbell yes. Camels? Am the, I getting that right? I think it's the Fighting Camels, if, fighting if I'm camels? not mistaken. Okay, okay. Yeah. They get, you know, they got to make them, them a little, little more, more fierce. Yeah. yeah. But outside of the, the Campbell win, you've got Virginia and Virginia Tech. Virginia has been very banged up this year, but a lot of talent in both those rosters. And it's not like they've just hit an easy spot in the schedule. This is a team that comes in playing a lot better than people thought this year and riding some momentum. Yeah, I believe they were picked to finish 10th in the ACC for this season. Of course, Syracuse picked 14th out of the 15 teams. But when you look at the running game, that that's the thing. You look at the last four games. They're averaging 207 yards per game. When I hear that, that kind of shakes me a little bit. It's like, oh. You're going to need to see the defense that Syracuse had last week against Clemson, where they really did, for the most part, contain, as best you can, <laughs> Travis Etienne. Now, I know he was a little banged up in him alongside Lynn J. Dixon, but that's a fierce, fierce, fierce duo that they had in the backfield, and you contained them for the most part. I believe that was the, the fewest amount of rushing yards Clemson had had all season. And when I look at Wake now, 207 yards per game the last four, and over that four-game span, they've got 15 rushing touchdowns. 15! Yeah. So they're going to do it to you on the ground. And that's what I'm wondering. Can Syracuse replicate the defensive performance we saw a week ago? Because if you can contain this Wake team, hell, if, if they get Wake Forest under 150 rushing yards, I'm not going to say Syracuse is going to win the game, but they're going to be in the game. And that's all you can ask out of a young team right now that's really struggling and hurting. And it's honestly two pretty physical running backs, too. Kenneth Walker is not too big. I think Which I don't think bodes well for Syracuse. Yeah, that does not bode well, especially when you consider who's back there. You don't have Andre Sisco. You've got Robert Hanna, who I think is, last time I looked, 165 pounds. Hopefully he's put on some weight since he's actually gotten to Syracuse. Yeah, hopefully that's the, the 24-7 weight, the, the high school weight. <laughs> exactly. He's skinny, though. You can tell, and he, he's been exposed in that regard. And Dino said something in the last press conference about how he looked at Robert Hanna before the game, and he said, ETN's going to hit you once, and you're not going to want to get up after he hits you, but you just got to stay with it. Same thing applies here. Wake Forest is going to look to run the football a lot, and the other thing they do really well is they force turnovers. Now, Syracuse forces right. tons of turnovers too, but in this three-game winning streak, the Demon Deacons are plus 10 turnover margin in those three games. That's and It's really season, hard to lose I, games. Did yeah. you see the David Hale stat? So there's a very interesting stat that was out there. It's turnover margin and points off turnover margin, okay? So believe it or not, these are the two teams, the top two teams in turnover margin, and it's not Syracuse that's actually number one. Thanks a lot, Rex Culpepper. <laughs> it's actually Wake Forest at a plus 11. And here's the big thing about this number here, all right? So Syracuse is plus eight, Wake Forest plus 11. Wake Forest has turned the, the plus 11 into 42 points. That means when they take the ball away, they have generated points, a lot of points, that is. And when they have turned it over, which I believe is only one time this year because Hartman has not thrown an interception. Yeah. And they've only fumbled the ball one time this year. So add that up, that's one time. And they're not scoring, really. The opponents aren't scoring on those. And Syracuse, on the other hand, they've got a plus eight, number two in the country in turnover margin. But the points off turnover margin, plus three. Oh my gosh. And when I, that just shows you that you're, they're getting these short fields, or maybe they're halting some drives. But they're not scoring on the other end. And that's the thing that's been so frustrating is you set this offense up for success, and they can't do anything with it. 
And that's where you need to see the change here. And that's how you can become a much better football team. Because with a competent offense, an average offense right now, this Syracuse team, where they one in five right now, they're at least three and three. Yeah, the defense, really, the only time they've gotten off the field is forced turnovers. So it has been bad. But the fact that they're producing turnovers, producing touchdowns, I know DeBundo laid this out last week. This Syracuse team, it's easy to look at what's happened and remember the bad moments this year and remember Liberty and how they ran all over Cuse and assume that the defense is the bigger problem. The defense is pretty much average in terms of all the stats right now. The offense is the worst in the country in terms of all the stats. And that's been that way literally since the first game. And this is getting to the point now where you can't say, oh, well, they've just played a tough schedule or, oh, they've only played a couple games or there's been injuries. I mean, this has just been a bad offense all around all season long. Yeah, and you're looking at this Syracuse team. Now, I think one thing that they need to do in this game, and we'll we'll get to more of the Syracuse side of things, but I want to look at the quarterback situation because we mentioned Dave Clawson has really been protecting Sam Hartman. But this is a guy who, while he's 0-2 against Syracuse, in his career. He has faced the Orange twice already. He's had success through the air. Yeah. And he's averaging over 300 yards per game, has four touchdowns to three interceptions, and he was also a solid runner. But this year, Dave Clawson has also taken the ball out of his hands in the running game as well. We're not seeing Sam Hartman tuck it and run as much as we've seen in the past. And I know this Wake Forest offense is missing a lot of fantastic players from the year before. You think of Sag Surratt, they've had some good offensive players and even at the quarterback position, Jamie Newman was phenomenal. And then he has since transferred to Georgia. But when I look at this wake forest offense, if Sam Hartman can gash this team through the air, Syracuse won't stand a chance. Yeah. And he can do it. We say all this stuff about how he's a game manager, but he has shown flashes last year against Louisville. He came in in relief and played, one of the better halves I've seen of any ACC quarterback in a long time. He's got tons of talent. So it's really impressive what Wake Forest has done because Jamie Newman, you lose him. He's one of the best signal callers in all of college football. Now, some people might think he was a little bit overhyped when he made the move to Georgia. Obviously, he opted out of the season. So did Surratt, which is kind of odd because if you imagine a world where Wake Forest had Newman coming back and Surratt coming back, which is possible, it should have happened if not top for, five team in the ACC. Yeah, probably, they would have been really close, good. Yeah, because think about we're touting their run game last year. They showed it in terms of they had some very nice pass catchers and a lot of in the air passing game and could put up points in a hurry. So this is a very good football team considering that they don't bring in recruiting classes that have huge rankings or anything like that and this is not the program that you're typically too worried about I think this is a good Wake Forest team this year now I still think Syracuse showed me some things in the last game that makes me believe in them a little bit more but the matchup is troublesome when you consider they've got one of the best edge rushers in the country and they've got one of the best rushing attacks in the country that's basically the two things you look at right now when you're thinking about Syracuse and if this is a good matchup against the team they're going against All right, Tim, we'll get to some more preview thoughts in just a second. But first, you know what I did before we recorded this? I went for my daily run, and I couldn't have gotten through it without the help of Built Go. You know, I was up before the crack of dawn today, something I don't like to do a lot. Really wasn't feeling this run. I'm hitting a wall before my day even begins. But thanks to Built Go, 
I broke through that wall, and you can too. All you gotta do is rip open one of these one and a half ounce packages and you'll be good to go so you can attack your day. I'm telling you, this is the best workout gel on the market. Ditch your old workout gels or energy drinks and go with the delicious and healthy option that Built Go provides. It comes in three amazing flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, which means it's fast absorbing and works quickly while also taking it easy on the stomach. Right now, go to BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you will get 20% off your next order. Let's go. All right, Ty, you know what else you could grab this weekend? Just in time for the Syracuse game against Wake Forest on Saturday is one of our favorite beers, Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It's always the one I choose when I need to unwind. Make sure those mountains are blue. Nothing like cracking open a new Coors Light. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. When you look at the Syracuse side of things, there's a couple things that this team needs to do if they want to win this game. First of all, and this is going to be probably the biggest ask of the entire game, but you're going to have to turn over Wake Forest a couple times because given what the Demon Deacons have on the other side and how they can turn people over, you're guaranteed that Rex is probably going to cough the ball up at least twice, and that might even be very conservative in that estimation as well. So I don't know. You're I gonna mean, have to somehow get the. There's well, a world. I mean, he's that, proven it. Yeah, you're right. But I, I still believe that Syracuse has had just one bad game turning the ball over all season. It was the Clemson game. You you can give them a break for Clemson. They had four turnovers last week. That's not acceptable. But Rex Culpepper isn't going to make any idiotic throws I don't think he's just gonna make some loose well, throws. Well that's the thing is I think that's where his his ceiling comes in and you look at it I think he's gotten a little lucky too like there are some passes that have definitely could have been picked off or should have been tipped in the air or there's so many different variables that go into it I think he's gotten a little bit lucky with some of his throws and even some of his touchdowns we've seen him a little underthrown, and then you see a guy go out there and make a nice play whether it's a Taj Harris or something like that so I'm just wondering, with a team that's potent in turning you over, I'm wondering if that's going to be a problem against that's, this yeah. Wake Forest team. That's the case for me on how can Syracuse win this football game. Just don't turn it over. Don't let Wake Forest get those turnovers that they've been getting because you could make the case that Wake is relying on that a lot. You bring up the points off turnovers, and that's where they're getting a lot of their offense, and that's how they're succeeding is their plus 10 in these last three games, all of them wins in the turnover margin. So, well, we always joke about Syracuse and how sustainable is it to keep leading the country in turnovers, and they keep proving us wrong. Wake Forest doesn't have as much of a history. They're just on a hot streak here with turnovers. You could make the case that Wake is due for a regression to the mean in their turnover department, and considering yeah. Syracuse has been very cautious and, for the most part, protective with the football this year and had— 
really no issues turning it over this year outside of against the number one team in the country on the road last week. I think there's there's an opportunity where Syracuse does not turn it over, and there's a chance that happens. And then from there, Wake Forest struggles to get into a flow offensively because they have been relying on that a lot. And you want to know the best way for this Syracuse team to not turn the ball over? It's an easy it's an easy question. It's run the football. Yeah, give and it to Sean Tucker. You gotta hope Sean healthy. Tucker Yeah, you gotta hope Sean Tucker is healthy. Because you're going up against the twelfth rush defense in the ACC. Not very good. As good as Carlos Basham and some of those other defensive linemen are, they're not great in, in run stopping. Okay. And you can have success against this team. You look at especially in short yardage, and you're gonna you're gonna see, I think, if this team gets into some third and shorts. You're going to attack, 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 attack on the ground. Because when you look at the power success rates, and, and Anthony DeBundo might lay this out in DeBundo's digits later on in the show, but Wake Forest is the third worst team in the ACC in power success rate. So what does that mean? That means on third and fourth downs, as well as plays inside the two. And basically, when you need two yards on late, late down situations, on running situations, Wake Forest isn't stopping a lot of teams. Now, Syracuse isn't either. They're actually worse than Wake Forest, but this is where you can you can take advantage. And they're also in the back end of all the other defensive line metrics and in the trenches of the running game here. So I want to see this team run the football. You've got an uber-talented running back in Sean Tucker. If everything keeps going and he's healthy for the remainder of the year, he will be the all-ACC freshman running back. There's no doubt in my mind. And, I mean, I'd have to look around the rest of the league, no, I but think there might right. even be the case that he could be the the uh, like offensive rookie of the year in the ACC if he continues to play how he's playing right now. He's just been that good. I mean, when's the last time you felt this confident about a Syracuse running back? Prior yeah. preview shows that we would have done, we would have never talked about the running game. Never. But now he gives you something to talk about because he is a new dynamic for this team, even though the line has struggled a little bit. So the best way to not turn the ball over is by getting the ball in the hands of your running back, especially if he's been sure-handed so far. And I think Sean Tucker's the best way to do that. We'll see. Maybe we. I saw what Cooper Lutz is now firmly in that second spot yeah. on the depth chart, and he had the second most carries. He actually had the, not the second most, he had the tied for the most carries uh, with Sean Tucker from a, a week ago when he had 10 along with Tucker, but obviously Tucker would have had more had he not gotten injured in that second half. So you just got to run the football. And try to make this game as short as possible and drain that clock. If you can keep this thing low scoring, you gave yourself a chance. And and obviously, this is all assuming Sean Tucker's healthy. I, I don't really right. know that what to think, but that is huge. If. Yeah, and honestly, I would say the two biggest ifs in this game for me, and I guess we should throw in Taj Harris because we don't exactly know if he's going to play too. I'd given. imagine he plays. I, w- I would but, too, yeah. So yeah. the two biggest ifs for me, are, is Sean Tucker healthy? I mean, at 1140, that's what I'm glued to and what I'm trying to figure out if you're a Syracuse fan, and that's what I'm sure we'll be tweeting about on our Twitter page, at LO underscore Syracuse, is because that really determines everything in this game. Can you imagine if we were talking, we flash back to the preseason pods we did, and we were were saying, hey, so when Wake Forest comes to town, sixth or seventh game of the season, we're going to have Rex Culpepper and Cooper Lutz as the quarterback and running back of this team. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. That's how dire it would be if there's no Sean Tucker. Nothing against Cooper Lutz. He's just not ready for being the bell cow of a team right now. And Sean Tucker has proven he is. The other big if is we'll see who draws the assignment of Boogie or Godzilla or whatever you want to call him and bash him. But yeah, Carlos Basham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you control him? And if it's Aaron Service, he might be the most important player of this game for Syracuse. I really feel like we, we need to see more out of him this year and... That's the biggest assignment he's had all year because that guy controls so much of what Wake wants to do on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, you just sent a little shiver down my spine by saying Aaron Service might be the most important player in this game. It's not great, because, right? Yeah, that, the way that he's played this year, and who knows, maybe he's one of those guys fighting through an injury right now. And you cannot knock a guy who just wants to be out there with his team right now, but right. he has not been very good. And maybe they'll year. put Bergeron and on him. I'd, I'd actually rather that, probably. Bergeron, I think, has been better than Service this year, which is weird to say because he's a lot younger. Right. So the other thing that I want to see from the defensive side for Syracuse is you're going to need to get some turnovers here, and it's obviously a lot tougher to force fumbles than interceptions, but this Syracuse team has shown that they move fast, they fly, they hit hard. And they've forced two and a half fumbles per game. That's the best in the Power Five right now. So can they show that against a team that does not cough the ball up very often? You've got a Wake Forest team that's fumbling the ball. Now, I will say this. Wake Forest has gotten kind of lucky because they fumbled the ball, I believe, four times this year in their eight games, and they've only lost one of them. So can Syracuse pounce on some of those? And again, it's those luck plays. You're playing with an oblong object. Can Syracuse scoop some of those up and create easy opportunities for their offense, at least to maybe get Andre Schmidt going? Because if this is a game that's going to come down to field goals too, you've got, you kind of have like a Spider-Man meme here. You've got super talented kickers on both sides. You've got Andre Schmidt for Syracuse, and you've got Nick Seba on the other side for Wake Forest. Now, for Wake Forest, Seba's coming off his best season. But he's kind of having that Andre Schmidt sophomore slumpish kind of game, kind of season right now. He's already missed three field goals this year, and in his prior two years, he's missed four. He missed one last year and three as a freshman. Through five games, he's missed three. And guess what? I, I know it doesn't show up in the stat sheets like this, but ask any single person who works in football: missed field goals are turnovers. And if Syracuse can make him a little uncomfortable. And we've seen the special teams for Syracuse be very, very good this year. Yeah. And Trill Williams is a menace off that edge. We know that he can block a, a field goal. You could you could maybe steal one against Wake Forest. I think this game's going to be a little closer than, than the experts think. Me too. So here's an interesting question for you before we get into Anthony DeBunda's digits here. Does Syracuse, let's just say Syracuse plays the exact same level of quality, quality of level as they did against Clemson, against Wake Forest. Do they have to play better than they did against Clemson in, say, the first three quarters? And if they play that way that they did against Clemson the first three quarters, is this a close game? Can I let, let, can I modify that a little <laughs> of bit? Of course, yeah. It's an impossible defense, answer. Yeah. If the defense plays the way it played against Clemson, it's playing at a level good enough to win. Yeah. If Rex Culpepper turns the ball over two-plus times, you're not going to win this football game. I think you're more worried about that than me. But I, I get the the worry there because Rex Culpepper is Well, the Rex thing, Culpepper. too, with Rex is there's more film on him now. 
Like that's something that a lot of those early teams they didn't have to worry. They're that's what they had to worry about. Is, yeah. Okay, I gotta go through this Boston College game, and that's from two years ago. And ooh, I gotta go through this other game now. I mean, we've got limited tape on this kid. And you can make but the now, case that uh, hurt the defense as well because the three three five was so new. In the first three right. games, we thought the three three five was great, and we were touting it a little bit. Now I still did warn some people that let's not jump the gun and say this defense is great because that happened last year too. But here we are now thinking the defense is a problem. It's, it goes, you know, week to week. It's different because Clemson, we actually were proud of the defense for sure. All right. You want some numbers? Yep. Let's do it. The numbers you need to know. Anthony DeBundo breaks down the biggest stats for this week's Syracuse matchup. DeBundo's Digits. On the Locked On Syracuse Podcast. Before we take a look at Wake Forest, I want to go back to last week's performance against Clemson. Yes, the yards per play numbers are skewed by a couple big plays the Orange broke off, but Syracuse legitimately had more yards per play than the number one team in the country last week. SU had 5.6 yards per play to 5.4 for Clemson. They were able to generate explosive plays against a defense that doesn't typically allow them. And it's the most yards per play that the Orange have averaged the entire season, and that includes a win against Georgia Tech in which Syracuse scored 37 points. Now, the SU defense may have allowed a lot of points, but the unit really did an excellent job on a per-play basis. They held Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson passing offense to a negative predicted points added in three of the four quarters. The defensive line held Clemson to 2.5 line yards offensively, which is the Tigers' worst number of the season. In many ways, Syracuse's performance against Clemson was the inverse of how many of their performances have occurred this season. Instead of getting rolled on a per-play basis and making up for it with the big plays and turnovers, SU actually played Clemson nearly even on a per-play basis and lost the game on the turnovers. Overall, I'm actually more encouraged by that Syracuse performance than any other of the season, and we legitimately could have been talking about an upset if Rex Culpepper had taken better care of the ball. Now, on to Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons are on a bit of a roll, having won three straight games against Campbell, Virginia, and number 16, Virginia Tech. Wake won the last game against the Hokies as 10.5-point underdogs, but in reality, the 23-16 win was quite fluky. The Demon Deacons were outgained by more than 100 yards, lost the yards per play battle, and relied on three interceptions by Virginia Tech quarterback Hendon Hooker. Wake is in a tough sandwich spot here, in between the matchup and win over Virginia Tech, and a bye week, followed by a matchup with North Carolina, number 15 in the country, after that. It's easy to see how the Demon Deacons could overlook the Orange, who entered this game with just one win. And the Wake Forest offense in particular doesn't impress me much when we look under the hood at some of the advanced metrics. The Demon Deacons have the fourth worst offense in the ACC by the SP Plus projections. They rank 8th in the conference in success rate and 10th in rushing success rate. This is a big one because teams that haven't been able to establish consistent run games, like Pittsburgh and Clemson, have struggled to consistently move the ball against the SU secondary when they've been forced to pass. And one area where Wake Forest has found offense has been through explosive plays, much like the Cuse. Both teams rank in the top three of the ACC in passing explosiveness, so there could be some big plays broken off in the passing game. And this game is likely to be decided when Wake Forest crosses the SU 40-yard line. The Demon Deacons rank second in the ACC in points per scoring opportunity, while the Orange's defense is second best at preventing opponents from scoring touchdowns once they cross the 40. Whoever wins this battle likely wins the game, and that's if Rex Culpepper is able to take care of the ball and prevent turnovers. 
All right, fantastic stuff there from Anthony DeBundo. As always, be sure to check his work out on the Daily Orange, and you can also follow him on Twitter, at Anthony DeBundo. He'll give you some great stuff on not just Syracuse football, but he'll give you great stuff for baseball. You know, I was getting in a little bit of a sparring match because I'm I'm up in arms. I, I could not believe that Corey Seager won World Series MVP because yeah. in the games the Dodgers won, they were awful. But the first person to text me about it, Anthony DeBundo, and he's laying out some numbers, so we were fighting back and forth. Anyway... Corey Seager, your World Series MVP, but you can you can argue with us on Twitter about that. All right, when we come back, Tim, we got to hit the prop shop. And you know who loves playing the prop shop? Anthony DeBundo. He always texts me about it. He's like, I wish I could take some of these plays. Wish I could take some <laughs> of them. Anyway, I, I do think Anthony thinks this is going to be a lot closer of a game than the spread. We're I'm kind of with them. Plus 11 yeah. right now. So we'll give you our official picks on the other side. All right, it's our favorite time of the week. We get to dive into some of our hypothetical prop bets for the Syracuse football team. Now, when you look at both sides, and actually, before we get into this, we have to recap last week. Yeah, because I'm sure you're happy to do that. We have a new leader right now, and I have a slight $55 edge on you right now. I went 5-2 last week. You went 4-3. The big difference here was I hit that Trevor Lawrence would throw an interception. You know how mad I would have been? If oh, it was Greenwood, Greenwood yeah, and, and he <laughs> he dropped that, and Garrett Williams doesn't end up making the interception Can later, imagine I'd be pretty upset about that. Real money on that if you needed yeah. that interception. Oh, I would oh, just yeah. quit gambling. That'd be a sign for sure. Yeah. Anyway, that was the difference between you and I last week. Um, and we also we all both hit on this was my favorite bet of the week that we had last week. Will a non-quarterback throw a pass? And we got one from Amari Rogers, and he completed it as well. So. That continues that trend of there being some non-quarterback throws in the Syracuse-Clemson series. All right, let's get into this week's. Yeah, we, we, we have the same records, with, though. Isn't that funny? Both 23 yeah, and 20 just, on the season. Yeah, 23 and 20. I've made a little bit of a rally. You've been hot all season long, so you gotta you got to tip your hat to the consistency that you have shown this entire season on the prop shop. So well done to you, my friend. Yeah. Let's well. get into this right now. All right. We start with freshman quarterbacks. We saw Jacoby and Morgan. He had, I believe it was six snaps last week. Freshman quarterback snaps were setting the number at seven and a half this week. Are you going over or under that number? For the first time, I'm going over. I think that we will see a little bit of either, and I'm torn because the reason why I'm saying this is just given that Jacoby and Morgan seems to be getting some looks and getting a little bit more talk in practice. Now, Dino has said they've got the deer in the headlights thing going a little bit. So I'm, I could go either way on this one, but I'm going to take the slight over. And I don't think that's because it's a blowout. I just think maybe we'll see some Morgan packages this week. I'm going to disagree with you here. I'm sticking with the under Dino's looking for every, every way possible to try to get some of these kids in. But I think deep in his heart, he knows they're not ready yeah. And I don't think this game's going to get out of hand enough where you're going to... Because Jacoby and Morgan, if he comes in, it's going to be to hand the ball off. And I, I, and maybe that expands as we get deeper and deeper into the season. But unless there's an injury here, I don't see a, a number of Syracuse players getting over that... Or these freshman quarterbacks getting over that 7.5. You know what? I'm changing my pick. You just talked me out of Ooh, it. Oh, I swung you. <laughs> I'm going under. I swung you're ya. right. Dino All has right. not given enough vocal like praise for them. So I'm going under. 
I think you're just trying to keep up with me since I'm the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, that, that could have been a good trick. But no, I I, <laughs> I just I don't know why I said over at first. And now I after hearing you, you're right. I'm, I'm going under. So now it'll probably go over. But oh, well. Look at you. There, there's I, I always applaud someone who can put their stubbornness to the side. All right. Yes. Uh, uh, stubborn people are dead people, as I like to say. All right. Next up, we've got the turnovers in this game. Total turnovers again. Number one and two teams in turnover margin this season. We're going to set the number at four and a half. Might be a little high, but what do you like? I'm still going to go over because I think each team can produce three turnovers and it wouldn't be that shocking. And that's what the stats would tell you here. They both average right around that a game. So I'm going to take the over, even though it is really high at four and a half. I'm going to go under. I think we're going to see a lot of running of the football here. I find fumbles much harder to produce than interceptions. And again, once you fumble the ball, there's no guarantee you're getting a turnover there. So I'm going to go with the under on four and a half. By the way, you know how I said earlier in the show, missed field goals equal turnovers. Are we going to count those in this? No. You want to count those? Eh. No? Okay. What about turnovers turnovers on down? Uh, I'd still say no. It has to be a clean turnover. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. We will keep it that way. Next up, sacks allowed. Syracuse, only two sacks allowed last week. So the under hit by quite some margin against Clemson. But this week, they have maybe the best defensive end that they'll face all season. And maybe the best defensive end, not just in the ACC, but one of the best in all of college football in Carlos Basham. Over, under on the sacks, four and a half. I'm going to take the over, I think. It's just, Basham himself might get three sacks. He probably won't, but... He'll contribute to a lot of them, and if it is service on him, that really worries me. I'm going to go with the under here. I just think there's okay. going to be – you're going to see a dedication to the running game, and that's going to keep that, – that. obviously, you're not going to get sacks out of that. So I'm going to go with the under 4.5, and, and I think this offensive line is starting to play a little bit better. A little bit better. So that's maybe it's the fact that they're a little more cohesive now at this point in the season. Next up. When will the broadcast show the Trill Williams rip and score from overtime last year over under 12 minutes left in the first quarter? So you're saying they're going to show this thing three minutes into the game. Yeah, and it, and maybe we should adjust that line because that is pretty early. I'm going to say they wait until later into the game because it's it's a tough thing to throw in in the open per se. So maybe you just throw it in at like coming back out of the first break or something like that. I think this is one of those things where it depends who wins the coin toss. If Syracuse goes on defense first, <laughs> they might show it in those first couple minutes, especially if Wake's going on a, a bit of a longer drive, and they very well could be with the running game that they possess and the way that Syracuse has kind of choked against the run game uh, for the majority of this season. But then you're betting on a, a coin toss there. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna go, I guess, what it'll be... It'll take longer than three minutes into the game okay. for them to show this thing. So same as me. So, I got you. So we are in agreement there. All right. One of our favorites here, the first Syracuse touchdown. Now, we start with Sean Tucker, who we must admit is plus 225, but there is also injury concerns there, whether or not he's going to play, whether or not he's going to start. Then on top of that, we're going to f- continue to go with another risky pick among the top, Taj Harris, will he be back from his suspension? He's plus 300. 
Aaron Hackett plus 400, Cooper Lutz plus 400, Markenzie Pierre at 500, Nikeem Johnson, Anthony Queeley, and a Rex run are all at plus 500. You'll get Luke Benson at plus 550. Ooh, I like this one. A defensive touchdown at plus 600, and no TD slash other at plus 900. You know me. I love to go chasing for the big dogs, and that's how you really make money in these games. I mean, if you hit one of these, I'll be set for the year, so... I'm going back to the well. My guy, Luke Benton, plus 550. Haven't heard from him in a while. I called it almost right the last time we did this. He did have a touchdown. I think it was maybe the Duke game, if I'm not mistaken, but it wasn't the first TD. I'm going to say it, plus 550. He's the first TD against Wake. You know, I cannot stray from my pick. I've been riding Taj Harris, yeah. and it feels like he gets it, and I, I do think he plays in this game. I and would he'll be, be angry. unbelievably yeah. shocked. And you know what? I think he might even say in the, in one of those first huddles with Rex Culpepper, throw me the football. <laughs> throw me the football. I need to go out and score. And I think he could make an impact on maybe not the first drive, but one of the first two or three drives. So I will take that as well. All right, we head to DraftKings now to get our lines for the the game and as well as the total. And I see it's bumped up a point since we began recording really? this show. It is now 11 and a half. I so, love that. Give me more. You, which yeah. side are you leaning here? 11 and a half is your spread. I'm taking Cuse to cover. I think it's 31-24, Wake win. I do think Wake will eke it out, but I have faith in Syracuse that they'll put up a pretty respectable game this week considering – the heart and the fight they showed at Clemson. And I think Wake is, this is kind of a trap game for them coming off three straight wins. So I do think they'll end up winning the Demon Deacons, but it will be a close game and a pretty good effort from Cuse. I'm with you. I think Syracuse does pull out the cover here. I'm going 33-24 in this ball game, which uh, in accordance with the total, that would put us with the under right now. Um, so but I think both of us are... are going under here yeah. based on I think the, I've taken the, the under in my head. every game this year actually have you which is, and, and listen, probably it's not, not good it's not a terrible bet with with Syracuse too, yeah because of the way this offense has struggled but no I, I'm with you I I really think that the Syracuse team is good and listen it could be by the backdoor variety it very well could the, the, it could be one of those games where it feels like Syracuse isn't in but maybe the final score looks a little closer than the true result so I'm going to go with Syracuse to pick up that cover, and we'll see what happens because I think the matchup isn't great, but if they can play the way that they've played in the past, then, or at least the, the way that they played last week against Clemson, this very well could be a close game. Yeah, I'm excited. I think last week got me much more optimistic for the rest of the season. I hope it's not just false hope going into this matchup, but I, I believe that this team will show some fight on Saturday. Yep, I'm looking forward to it. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the preview edition of the Locked on Syracuse podcast. We'll get you all your Monday reaction to this Wake Forest game, and hopefully we're celebrating a win, but who knows with the Syracuse team. It, it can be anything, any given week. And we're also going to get into some hoop stuff again next week, and I don't know if Jim Beheim's listening to the show, Tim. Yeah, the Kadari Richmond go out guy. and say, Holy cow. Kadari Richmond, one of the best point guards in the country. Was that a miss? What all I mean, that means. I, I can't I, believe you said that. I don't think Goody is is misquoting no, Jim. No, he, he wouldn't do that. Right? Yeah, I, I don't think he's doing that. So, we'll we'll discuss all of that 
next week on the show. Looking forward to that. Talking with you. Have a great weekend. If you are in that North Carolina area, Tim, I know you are right now. Please mm-hmm. have a safe weekend. I know those hurricanes are coming in. And I know a lot of our listeners actually are based out of the, the North Carolina area. So we hope you all have a safe weekend. Enjoy the game this weekend. And we will talk to you guys next week. Next week.